Gather around, gather around. Can everyone see me? Can you all hear me? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wizard's Pod. My name is Jay, and, and let me introduce you to my assistant, Professor D. You know where I got that? Yeah,、from? now I know <laughs> where you said, let me introduce you to my assistant. It's a modified quote from the portion of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets that we're going to analyze today. And the first segment of this podcast is movie analysis. Shall we begin? Si, senor. In the last episode, we ended the segment when. The Chamber of Secrets was open because we read the writing on the wall. We open up this first scene for today with Hermione informing Harry that even in the wizarding world, hearing voices is not a good sign. What do you think of this?、Scene? I have this is dumb. Like, so let's see. If you, one of the things that I was thinking about is that if you're under the Imperius curse, you will hear voices in your head telling you what to do. And、which is not a good sign. Which, which is not a good sign. Exactly. So, so she's right. She is right, but she's like, don't tell anyone, because it's not a good sign. What you may be, you know, and then I, it's I, dumb. I think you misunderstood her. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm okay. Because you clearly are a little angry. <laughs> I forgot to ask you how you're doing. We just jumped straight to the chase. <laughs> yes. Are you sure we're good? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Here's my、uh, opinion. On what you just said, if you remember in the scene before this one, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were the prime suspects of petrifying Mrs. Norris and doing that horrible writing on the wall just because they were there at the wrong time and in the wrong place. Sure, but they didn't do anything, so people were very suspicious of them. And if you add to that list of you know events that happened, the fact that Harry was listening or hearing voices in his head. People will just keep watching them closely even more. Yeah, and what, that. what if what Harry he... was under the Imperius curse, but they kept that under the wraps? He cannot be on... under the Imperius curse because we haven't talked about it yet. Oh, true, true. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Sorry, it doesn't exist yeah, until a couple、yeah. movies later. True, <laughs> my bad. Anything else? Just like time travel, which only starts existing at the third book and then it stops existing. Oh, let's talk about、book. that. But yeah, this is my biggest issue that I have with this. I like this scene. I like the character that is shown by the portrait that talks. She's right, you know. <laughs> And also the moving staircases. Yeah,、And、yeah, it's, it's very consistent with the first movie. It's a short scene, but it just tells you that the voices that he's hearing are going to become more and more relevant during the rest of the movie. Anything else you have to say about this scene? Um, no, that was that was my biggest issue with it. Like, you know, it's the, you have moving portraits, but somehow hearing voices in your head is just like out of this world. I think that that is just fine what she said because to add more to Hermione's reasoning. It may be very concerning if somebody in the Muggle world was hearing voices in their head, and she's just trying to tell Harry that just because you are in the Wizarding world, where a lot of things that are seemingly weird for a Muggle 
are normal here doesn't mean that you should just ignore the voices. I sure. I, th I think it was fine. Sure. sure. But we can agree to disagree. Yeah. Should we move on to the next one? Let's do it. Now we are in the Transfigurations class where Professor McGonagall teaches us how to transform an animal into a water goblet. And then she ends up telling students more about the legend, as she calls it, of the Chamber of Secrets. One of the things that went through my mind while watching this portion of this movie was that it would have been nice if Ron's rat, uh, Scabus, would not have transformed back into a rat, mm. uh, but just left as that half rat, half goblet creature that he ended yeah. up being. The flow of the rest of the series would have been different. And I'm maybe not spoil more. if Hogwarts paid for a better wand for Ron, who's already using a used wand and a broken wand instead of spending money to buy the famous and rich, might I say, Harry Potter, a Nimbus 2000, they could have gotten Ron a wand instead or 10 wands in case he breaks them. But no, they leave this poor, poor student with a broken wand. So just think about that. I'll make sure to pass the message along to the board of directors of Hogwarts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, I'm angry. I'll, Any, I'll relax. Anything else? Uh, so this was the first thing that I noticed about this scene. Um, the second thing is that it's very similar to the books. Um, well, similar in the way that the story is told, but in the books, do you know who tells the story? <sighs> the story of the Chamber of Secrets. Hermione. No. I don't remember. Professor Bins. So it's not in the, the Transfigurations class. No. It's, it's a history professor. It's a history, the, ghost. the ghost. Well, they didn't want to pay another actor to show. Yeah. And, you know, McGonagall was still going to get a check, so let's get the most out of her. Yeah, also, like, the ghost, like, the history professor never shows up. And I think that was the right choice. Yeah. I mean, the ghost did not play, the Professor Bits, I should say, didn't play a very major role. Yeah, true. In moving the plot forward. And McGonagall does a good job at, you know, explaining. Yeah, but the way that it is explained, it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I like it. And I like the story. One of the things that I liked about this um, is that it gives us a little bit more depth when it comes to the founders of Hogwarts and who they were, which might or might not be later in the quiz I have for you. I have it for you too. The same question? The same question. Okay, then you know the answer. Then you know the answer too. I might or I might not. I don't write it down. Oh, so I <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but like I, I'd love to hear more about how Hogwarts was founded. If there was like, you know, and more Harry Potter lore about it. Yeah. No, that, that's all I had about this scene. What do you think of the Transfiguration class? I like it. What I don't understand is that I don't understand. I don't understand how it takes seven years for a student to take, you know, seven different levels or seven different classes of transfigurations. And all they do is transfigurations. Like to me, transfigurations may seem like some subject that you do once or twice, like two years, or even like as part of a 
bigger class, but every year you do transfigurations. This is how I see it. In a school year, and you and I have both done a lot of mathematics in college, in high school, mm -hmm. all levels of it. It is unusual to take only trig or sure, yeah, I, I don't know, know what you mean. geometry all seven years. Usually, I have been part of courses or schools or colleges where you do that as one semester or maybe two semesters, you know, two different levels, level like Calc 1 and Calc 2. Or in high school, we used to do like uh, geometry half of the time every year. Yep. But this is how I see transfigurations. I see it as a part of the whole, whereas here it's treated as, nope, transfiguration is a very strict course, which it could be, and it is taught seven years pretty much. Maybe except for the end where, you know, in the advanced levels, not everybody takes it. But I just feel like I can see McGonagall teaching a much broader class and have her have her specialty in transfigurations this is how i think it would have been better but so in the books i think the way like if you follow the progression of transfiguration mm -hmm. um in the first year they do uh, non-animate objects so non-living things they do like pins like turning matches into pins and things like that at least that's what's given in the book um, and then in the second year, they start doing like, or maybe it might be the end of first year, beginning of second year, things that are living. And they start, first of all, they start with, you know, birds and things like that. And then they move to reptiles and mammals, basically like walking mm -hmm. up the evolution. All the way to you know who. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> but then they like start doing transfiguration to themselves, if that makes like sense. Like you know who did. Yes, but he, he did it more because of, you know, what happened. It wasn't like he did it with the purpose to look better, you know. <laughs> Plastic surgery. Plastic surgery, you know who. Another thing that differs when you compare things to the book, is that students from all houses, not just two, are in a class at the same time. In the book, most of the time, there is only two, two. houses at a time attending a class. Let's say Transfigurations level two or year two. Let's say, I don't know, it's Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs, for example. Sure. Uh, but in the book, in order to have all the main actors at once, because it makes sense, you know, they put Gryffindor, Slytherin, they put some Hufflepuffs in there. Maybe. Yeah, but Gryffindor and Slytherin are always together, you know, because in of the movie. Malfoy, yeah. In, in the, the movie, movie, yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's all I had. Then, I got it out of my system. Mm, I, I don't know about done. that. I don't know about that. <laughs> in the next scene, after leaving Transfigurations, Harry, Hermione, and Ron speculate whether the legend of the Chamber of Secrets is true, and if it is, who might be the heir of Slytherin with Draco Malfoy being at the top of Ron's list. Please yell away. Not going to yell. I will speak very calmly. But you do have... Unlike the people in the scene. They don't yell. Yes, they are yelling in the corridors. The All three of them. They're talking gossip because accusing a student of trying to kill all the Muggleborns is like... Of a very strong accusation. It is. I agree with that. And they're talking about that on the hallway. 
as Draco is passing by very loudly. As your tone is getting loud too. Yes. Clearly. Very loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Yeah, this, this is the only thing that I think about the scene. And it makes sense, like, you know, kind of Malfoy has been set up to look like the villain here. But yeah. Did you think when you first watched this that Malfoy was or is the heir of Slytherin? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it when we were too little. I did. I thought like it might be him. And even after the I mean following... we don't know. Yeah, we haven't finished yeah. the movie for those who haven't watched it. <laughs> so we don't know what it. happens. But But yeah, I thought he was, but yeah. What did you think about the scene? I think it was well done. You could I, I'm not bothered like you are by the fact that they are speaking loudly. I don't think they're not yelling. Yelling is different. But they're speaking loudly to one another because there is white noise in the background. It's the end of a period. They're sure. done with transfigurations. Other students are done with other classes. Everybody's talking and they're speaking louder than usual just to hear each other. So I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that, that's a decent explanation. But it, just... it is impressive that you, out of all people, <laughs> are very annoyed by, by them, speaking them being loud. Yeah. Some people might say that that's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what, yeah. What's the next scene? Hermione comes up with a plan that involves making Polyjuice Potion to find out who is the heir of Slytherin by transforming temporarily into Malfoy's friends, uh, Crab and Goyle. Uh, one of the things that came to my mind while watching that scene is that Hermione, who is very skilled, mm -hmm. is secretly looking for a good reason to make the Polyjuice Potion. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, she has very good reasons to make it too, meaning she thinks she's at danger because she's she was directly threatened by Draco when yeah. they read the writing on the wall. Yeah. And the climate against Muggleborns is not very well, very, very kind right now. But on top of all that, I always feel like, you know, she wants to follow the rules and she's very smart and she's very intelligent too and studious, but she's always looking for a reason to do the Polyjuice Potion, which is not allowed. Oh, that is awesome. That's a good catch. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, and, and like that seems like something that Hermione would do, you know, like find a reason basically, and more to like pretty good one. Explain it to herself, you know, yeah. justify it to herself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Than others, how oh, that's a good point. Uh, thinking about what you said, you do you know that she also do you remember you probably do that she also steals stuff from Snape, from Snape yeah. while in the lesson. Like they blow up like a firework or something like that in Crab's cauldron or Goyle's, one of them. And then Hermione sneaks out, steals something, and then goes back in. Crazy. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. She just wants to see if she can do it. And she can. Did you have anything else to add to this scene that happens in the library? Uh, yes. Uh, so. Later on, we're going to, like, especially with Alfonso Cuarón in the third movie, we're going to yeah. see themes of, like, kind of, you know, putting Harry as the only person in the frame, uh, you know, kind of creating him as, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. being, you know, kind of ostracized. Uh -huh. And this is used in this, 
in this scene as well like harry is like the only one framed and it seems like you know he's kind of like away from others which is very cool uh i don't know if it was used correctly here because hermione would be the one who's more ostracized in this situation um but i like that there is light in the library and i like that there is light in this movie in general because light starts going away and movies become darker and like darker. It almost and darker. disappears in other yeah. movies. I'm not going to say which, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like even the other movies are darker. Like all of them. Can I say this and only this about the third movie? Tell me. Since you're talking about light. For a movie that starts with Lumus Maxima, <laughs> yeah. that movie is pretty darn, pretty darn dark. Yeah. Like it's like they suck the light out of that movie compared to the first two that's all i'm gonna say i have I so have much to say about also like movie. i have oh. issues with it starting with lumus max oh i do too <laughs> that's not okay if yeah. you start talking about the third movie all right never yeah but true so yeah that's all i have to say about this scene it, right. i i, I like the fact that there is still light and you can tell what's happening in the screen yeah. and some people might say you know it is light because literally the events are lighter, quote unquote. What's lighter about a killing racist Voldemort? Well, not racist in this case, but the equivalent of racist. He's killing Muggleborns. But no, but nobody dies. But nobody dies. But he's trying to. Trying to, but it's the difference between trying to and things actually happening in the yeah. upcoming movies. So. I think that's what some people would argue. Okay, okay, I see. We'll get to that topic yeah. um, when the time comes. Well, next we move to the our first Gryffindor versus Slytherin Quidditch match for the year, where Harry gets harassed by an enchanted uh, bludger. So you might call it enchanted. I think it's jinxed <laughs> by a jinx bludger. And then he ends up catching the snitch, uh, losing his bones in the right arm. And of course, Gryffindor wins. I would like to start the analysis of this section by emphasizing how extremely similar this Quidditch match is to what happens in the first movie. And what do I mean by that? Uh, there is an enchanted or jinxed or cursed object that is trying to kill Harry, just like in the first movie. It's just the person that's jinxing it sure it's different sure at the end it is hermione that ends up destroying that object just like in the first movie true true harry catches the snitch just like in the first movie and gryffindors obviously win the game while playing against the slytherins and he falls off the broom as well in both that, cases. that sure yeah that's true that that's as well so that's true as well do you see like yeah it's great but I wouldn't have minded a couple of curveballs, and there were literal curveballs. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, this movie is very similar to the first one in terms of techniques, filming techniques. Yeah, how they approach the plots, and, and it's great. Maybe that's why we love it. I think. I, yeah, but you cannot blame this too much on the movie. No, it's based yeah. on the book. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's, it's the movie the makers. Book. But yeah, it Alone, feels but... like this was something yeah. that, you know, J.K. Rowling did, you know, kind of like Dan Brown, for example. If you read one of Dan Brown's book, they're all the same. Yeah, like the, yeah, the thing a... with a Quidditch match seems like I agree it has you. too many similarities. 
I agree with you. Dan Brown books, Langdon, are you talking about Langdon in particular? Yeah, yeah. yeah there, Langdon is called up somewhere. There is a mystery to be solved. They need him. There At is the end, woman. he's almost in danger. There's always a yeah. woman by his side, and then they end up fix or solving the yeah. mystery. He falls in love with the woman, but nothing like ends up happening. But there's going to be another one next, yeah. in the next book. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to give credit to Rowling, though, this, this changes. I mean, this is not all very how do I say it? This is not identical. It's very similar. Yeah. And it keeps changing. Like she will change things. But yeah, good catch the though, like the, the recipe between the first Quidditch match it's and the second. It's similar. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll talk about something that's very small, but that I really like. Mm -hmm. Calling Creevy, taking pictures. Yeah, what, what's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. I really liked it. If you look at it, like the position where he is in, he's not just there randomly. Like he's not just standing like, you know, where Harry and uh, Draco might fly through. Yeah. It's an area that has a view to the pitch. And he just happens to be there as the photographer. He's like taking photographies, maybe like, you know, straight up front. But like the things are happening to the left of him. So I, I thought that was funny because like I always when I saw it, you know, before I thought, like, where did he come from? Like, did he was he just in the railings? How did he know that people would be there? But he's there because he's taking pictures of the actual game and not just following Harry around. Well, that's good, but not enough for me because the Quidditch game is played up in the air. True, true. I mean, unless he went there to take a different view, a picture from a different view. Yeah point i don't see why he'd be on the ground but i mean i'm not too bothered by that right because harry and draco are chasing the golden snitch for a while we don't see every single second in the movie obviously yeah. actually there is a very small deleted scene here okay. which did not make it to the version that we saw just now yeah uh, harry while flying and basically flying away from the bludger mm -hmm. he goes in the middle of the crowd is that in the um, in the part that we just saw? I don't think it was. And the crowds are like, oh, like he splits the, the crowd in half. I think, I think it is. Maybe it was. Okay. Or maybe like I've seen it, and I think it is. And maybe that's what inspired or motivated uh, Creevy to just go down because the bludger mm. was chasing Harry down, and that's how he got down. Yeah, maybe. But here's a question to you, since we're talking about going down and up. All right. The professors as well as the headmaster. How do they go down enough? They are at the top on those, well, I want to call them uh, professor suites or whatever. Sure, like, sure. If you want to call them a suite. Bleachers. Are they called bleachers? Yeah, whatever, there? yeah. How does Professor Dumbledore get up there? Looking at that great actor playing Dumbledore, which we both love. Just think of Dumbledore, not the actor. Because <laughs> I know how the actor got there. He didn't really get up there. But the the character how did he get up there there is no elevator there is no indicators descriptions or anything in the book or in the movie that there is moving staircases inside that can move you up there we know that dumbledore knows how to fly on a broomstick because he does it at least in the yeah. sixth movie maybe in other instances as there well. is some type of magic maybe but like, how do they get there there must be a nice elegant way of these professors yeah, just getting like up just there. elevate yeah yeah don't you think yeah, yeah and like i think it's interesting that they don't put the stairs in yeah draco's dad is there which how is it fair 
that then we have discussed it before i'll just no, no, stop go, go, but go like how it. is it fair that like one team can get all the best broomsticks and the other team like can just have whatever just like, like it is unfair for harry potter a first year student to get a nimbus 2000 in yeah. the previous year yeah while everybody else is driving broomsticks that are used to clean up closets yeah i i had <laughs> an issue with this as well so what the issue i have is that because he bought broomsticks for everybody and then draco bought his way in the team he's also i think invited or made his way in i don't know into that quidditch match because nobody really talks about parents coming to watch games which is not unusual in the real world in the muggle world but yeah i don't see that in as the movie, an issue other than in the fourth one you know when there's a big tournament yeah but also he's he's one of the people you know who is like the school he's in the school board or yeah. something so i don't see an okay. issue with that okay that's fine i but yeah as usual gryffindor wins yeah also why do you think they didn't stop the game or at least pause it uh when they clearly noticed that just like in the previous year there is uh something chasing after harry in this case a bludger the bludger was clearly not behaving as it should because a bludger even if it has a little bit of a character like all magical objects that we have <laughs> it's usually responding to the bat yeah, you know, yeah. hit it with a bat and then it goes back and forth but usually that's what it does it doesn't just like it's smoking it's like a rocket it's smoking and chasing harry well the way that it's explained in the books is that if they stop the game they would have to prove that the bludger was fixed and all of that and that they might lose the game so that is actually understandable like if you're in a car race for example and the car is going faster than you let's say in formula one you cannot just say yo i stopped the race because that car is going faster than me what you can do is let the race happen you might lose and then you have to prove that the other team cheated I don't quite see it that way. But this one like is different because like Harry's life is literally in danger. And so is Draco's if you think about it. And actually one thing that is kind of a interesting fact is that Draco's demise, if you might call it that, becomes his own expensive broomstick that bought his way into the team because the reason why he falls off the broomstick and kind of hurts himself is because his fancy broomstick has these um, kickstand yeah i don't know if they're like it's like a hook but yeah, i think yeah. it's meant for your uh, like a rest for your yeah so feet. does harry's it's different though yeah. like draco's is clearly different and more emphasized and it gets stuck into that so he yep. gets blown away or whatever like he gets stuck basically and then ends up in the middle of the field but it's funny how you know that broomstick was the reason why he made his way into the team and then he basically lost the yeah. game and everything in the book is not as glamorous no it's just like malfoy standing there and talking bad to harry and harry just like rushes to get the snitch and malfoy thinks that he's rushing to like you know hit him or whatever and yeah that's how the game ends it just it just goes to tell you that uh money wealth and uh pure blood privilege do not mean success yeah yeah it's uh, i think Roland did well the cgi is also better in this quidditch game true. don't you think compared to the I agree. first one i agree like you don't see dolls flying around yeah. anymore and cartoons absolutely yeah i like it i like the cgi in the second movie a lot i, I agree even with dobby yeah so there are some funny scenes later on but 
yeah, so far it has been. The good. funniest part on, in this Quidditch game for me was actually, believe it or not, when Ron, I don't know, I, I hope he was choking when he said, I will stop it. It's like, come on, you know already that your one is yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. you're going to, that seems too difficult for him, even with a good one, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that was pretty good. And I like your catch that Hermione goes in and she does anything on top. Yeah. And right before that, let's not forget Professor Lockhart trying to fix Harry's arm. I didn't know that's after, but yeah. what, what, what strikes me about him is that he's very confident in showing off his skills, quote unquote, even though he no, fails so, all yeah. the time and quite often puts other people in danger. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. Very interesting. Um, what was the spell that he used? The spell that he used was Brachium Amendo. So you explained this to me, I think. Yes. S explain it to me again so our listeners can... I explained it without research, so don't take, don't take my word for granted. But Brachium, I think it's a variation, a Latin version of the word broken. Yeah. Amendo, I think it has... Uh, it's origin from the word verb mend yeah. to mend to broken something. So brachia memendo, at least in Lockhart's mind, means fix the broken bone. Yeah. But it meant disappear bone. Yeah, um, it would be like what if like brachiam was bone and emendo like in Latin was disappear. And like he be. just translated like English to Latin, but like he mistranslated it, and that's it why the what... bone disappeared. But hey, look at that. The bone doesn't hurt anymore. Oh yeah. The that's... arm doesn't hurt anymore. That's... I know a lot of people that be like, you know what? Just cast a spell on my you know, my hand that or my legs that hurt every time there is rain. My forecast. <laughs> yeah, but there's no potion to grow those legs well, back always go to madame pomfrey yeah okay so yeah if you have access to that just have a seasonal removal of your bones and then grow them back <laughs> when the weather improves which is never here oh. no now harry after this incident is taken into the hogwarts hospital wing where madame pomfrey will regrow his disappeared bones in his right arm it is impressive how she does that. Like the things yeah. that she does, not just in this movie, but in the following movies as well. It's impressive. So I've been thinking about this. Please. The like, magical world, especially like with the latest development in technologies, does not have many things better than our world. So like if you think they have to like communicate via, do you know, Pigeons, well, not pigeons, owls, well, to send the no. message. Or they can just communicate via fireplaces. Via Literally. fireplaces. You light up but your you fireplace, need... I light up mine, we can have yeah, a... but it's you like need... FaceTime. Yeah, but you need to be, like, you need to be in front of your fireplace. Just like you need to be in front of your phone to FaceTime Yeah, but people. you cannot take your fireplace with you. You can take your phone well, with no, you. No, I'm sure they have portable Literally. fireplaces. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna come back to, like, the <laughs> fifth movie where things should have been sold if cell phones existed or like sending a message like sending a patronus like you make the patronus speak and then you send it just phone call either way like or transportation sure things transportation with train but two things that uh 
the magical world does better is transportation in general, being able to appear and disappear anywhere you want. Imagine going for vacation, no need to pay for plane tickets, none of that. Like you can come and sleep in your own apartment at the end of the day and it doesn't matter. So that is really nice. And medicine, like the stuff that they do is magical. It's, and those are hard things, transportation and medicine. I mean, medicine is number one, actually in level of, in terms of level of importance. So yeah. Yeah. Those are my two things. And uh, okay. Now that I have that out of my system, please. Uh, another funny thing that I saw is the bottle that Harry drinks from. I saw that too. It's in the shape of a skeleton. There's a quiz coming about that. So I'm not, I'm gonna, what the thing is called, it's called the Skeleton. girl. I, I was going to ask you that as well. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. <laughs> well, I only have one question left because I made three questions for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I may have a third one too, but we'll, let's just wait. No, nah, let's ask it now. Oh, Come on, mid-break. Sure, let's have a midterm. All right. I'll go first. No, I'm going to save mine for later, but you go. Okay. Yeah. What is the name of the book that Hermione uses I... to get the potion like the polyjuice potion from i ran across that name i didn't think it would be relevant to remember but it's something about it's something about it ends with great potion making or something or what is it most potent potions okay sure yeah okay and I think it's the same, like in the book, in the movie, it was most potent potions. And I'm pretty sure it's the same. Excellent. I think that rings a bell, actually, the name. And yeah, that's my question. So you're done with your questions. Yeah. So like I had the founders of Hogwarts, okay. Skelegro, which also looks like a skeleton, which was really funny. And I didn't want to say the name because I, I thought that, you know, you might have not remembered um, and this question. So. Excellent. Well, one point for you. Oh, no, you don't get anything. I don't get anything. We're still tied no. to zero. <laughs> but I have a chance to make it you up. You do have three chances. We'll get to that part later. Yeah. But let's uh, fast forward a few hours into the night while Harry is still in the hospital wing. And then Dobby appears again to tell Harry that he was the one, meaning Dobby was the one who blocked Harry to get on the Hogwarts Express earlier in the school year, and that he also jinxed the bludger to attack Harry during the Quidditch game. Dobby also warns Harry again that terrible things will happen at Hogwarts. Meanwhile, first student gets petrified, indicating that Hogwarts is indeed not safe anymore for its students. It might seem like a lot, but indeed, in just a few minutes, a lot happens in this scene. Here's a question for you. And I have a version of the answer as well. How did Dobby get to Hogwarts? Because oh. we know that Hogwarts is. Oh, that doesn't, be... that doesn't apply to house elves. I have a different answer because if that was the it... case, if it didn't apply to house elves, I could see all the bad wizards just teaming up or not teaming up. They don't even have to team up. They can just order their house elves to do things and then they would get into Hogwarts. I have a different theory. Um, my theory is that it doesn't apply to house elves 
And the reason why I say that is because we learn in the fourth movie, yeah, yeah. Not not just in the fourth movie, but we learn later in the books that house elves can appear and disappear from places like the Malfoy Manor, the cave where Voldemort hides one of his horcruxes. Uh, so there are true, but I think that's too much of a loophole for Hogwarts. What I think happened is yeah. that Draco was playing. Draco was hurt. His father ended up being one of the people watching the game anyway. So what I think happened is that Dobby came there with Draco's dad. And they stayed the night. And they either stayed the night or Dobby just did not leave. Like, I'm sure that Lucius was not... Care much, catch. so he just they just left the Hogwarts bounds, and then Lucius just disappeared. Uh, you yeah. know, like well, I don't know how he got to Hogwarts. He, he could have done whatever form of transportation. I like that. I like that explanation better. I think this keeps in my mind at, at least until this point, it keeps Hogwarts solid when it comes to intruders. Now intruders are always coming into Hogwarts, literally in every single movie, <laughs> but they always find a way to get in. I don't think Dobby was using a loophole. I think he literally physically came with lucius all right i That's like my it. theory i can get behind that and if you can get behind that then explain this to me because i don't have an i actually do have an answer for this but it's not very solid how do you think dobby was able to block the barrier at, at platform nine and three quarters i have no idea but i was gonna mention this to this point we have seen dobby perform three without the apparition and disapparition like let's get rid of those three very cool magics that we have, that's three more than we have seen Harry Potter do. What was the third one? Like, any of the bludger, the cake, the hovering cake, what else? And closing the gate. Oh, that, I don't think there was magic involved in that, actually. You just think like he cut a rope, an no, invisible no, no. rope? No, what I was thinking today for the first time ever is Dobby must have, just like everybody else, gone through the wall. Mm -hmm. But you know how they always, they're always running to go through the wall? He walked and stayed there. And stayed so, in the middle. So, it's, so it's like, wait, nobody can go because this is somebody's there. Sure, sure. And by him staying in the middle, and they were like cutting it pretty close. It was like 10.58, sure. remember? Yeah. So everybody had pretty much gone in except for them. And then by Jobby staying there, nobody noticed that the platform was closed. Nobody noticed that two students were missing. Yeah, I, I, I like that explanation as well. But it's just in my getting, head, though. Yeah, getting back to my point. Please go back to your point. <laughs> when watching this... I really thought that like house elves were really powerful. They are powerful. Because like we have seen Harry Potter, who the movie and the books are based on, perform literally zero magic so far. It's about to change soon. Yeah, but <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but so far, zero, right? And like Dobby, yeah. like he enchants the bludger and the cake and being able to appear and disappear wherever he wants. Very true. Yeah. So also about mm -hmm. your previous theory about dobby how he came to hogwarts he can appear and disappear he disappears when harry is holding on to him remember yes but correct. maybe like house elves can appear and disappear within hogwarts but not in and out of hogwarts because that's how they serve the food and like clean the dorms and things like that it's funny how you call them house elves, and maybe I've done it too, but 
I've only thought of them as elves, just elves. The reason why they're called house elves is because of a social construct. Oh, look at you being politically yes. correct. Yes. They're called house elves in the freaking books by the maker. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil yeah, more things about what Hermione does in the fourth movie. So <laughs> anything else related to this scene? No. Anything that happens with Dobby or Colin Creevy being petrified? No. All right. Then we are ready to actually, move. actually, actually. I'm sorry. We're not ready to move. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, it's kind of interesting how things line up with what Harry does. So, first, Mrs. Norris is petrified after Harry has a row with Filch, and then Colin Creevy is petrified after he takes pictures of Harry. Um, in the Quidditch pitch and when Harry is in a very bad position and this kind of like lines up Harry to be the bad guy in the eye of others like everything kind of connects with him but everything happens for a reason and I think I have a reason for that who is the only parcel tongue we know in the school at that moment Harry well we don't know that Harry is a parcel tongue yet well, we know the rest of them. Yeah, know. but the the people, you're correct, the people start making the connection yeah. after he's a parcel tongue. Yeah. And the truth could be that the the thing, I'm not going to spoil too much, right? The thing that's petrifying all these students is attracted by the, the parcel tongue and by whatever might or might not be inside of Harry. Okay, all right. There's, now, now we there can might move. be something inside of him. Yeah, now tracks. we can move on. So these incidents happen where he in, in his uh, vicinity. Yeah. Okay. So, having said that, let's move on to the next scene. While preparing the polyjuice potion, we meet Moaning Myrtle in the girls' lavatory. Uh, when you first watched this, did you expect that that location and or Moaning Myrtle would be relevant to the extent that they will be in the plot of the second movie? And not just the second movie. Actually, yes. <laughs> like but particularly beyond... in the second movie. Yeah, I had no idea. Did you think of that? No. Uh, if I had been an adult, now I tend to be more skeptical when I see movies. And I sometimes it's like, oh yeah, this is becoming relevant later because I know how they work. They would not waste a lot of money and resources to pay more actors to go through the CGI of you know having this ghost fly around and whatever do all the things that she does for no reason. True. They Now, as adults, we know that they cut those scenes, right? That yeah. nearly headless Nick doesn't come back after the second movie. The it's, Professor yeah. Gibbs, the professor of history, never shows Bins. up. Ben, sorry. Yeah. So my point is they try to, you know, trim as much as possible true, true. when things do not help move the plot forward. And when they do, then they keep some scenes that are just funny anyway because they're going to pay those people. Or do you think that the bathroom was... But at the time, no, I did yeah. not. As a, as a child, I just thought it was something funny that even if it's relevant, it wouldn't be that much. But it ends up being more relevant. Yeah. And that's all we can say for this episode for Morning Myrtle and the sure, girls' sure. lavatory. Having said that, then we move on to the next one. We cut to the dueling club scene where Professor Lockhart and his assistant Professor Snape. <laughs> His assistant. That's what he calls him. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, they teach the students how to duel to protect themselves. 
in the light of the latest developments at Hogwarts. Uh, this is also the scene in which the rest of Hogwarts learns that Harry can speak to snakes. And let me tell you, the moment, ladies and gentlemen, is here. We see Harry Potter perform a spell for the first time in any of the Harry Potter movies so far. Uh, yes, <laughs> the spell that he performs is uh, Rictusempra. It's a charm that causes the target to buckle with laughter and thus weakening them. This does not happen in the movie. No. <laughs> but that's what the spell is supposed to yep. do. Yeah. Actually, if you look at the face of Draco when he's just blown up in the air or blown in the air, not blown up, but just thrown in the air and then lay flat or on the floor, he looks like a baby who was walking or learning how to walk and just fell and he's very embarrassed looking at Snape. Yeah. But I do not see him dying with laughter no. because he's no. tickled. It would have been funny. People are laughing when that happens True. to him, but uh, not Draco. So that's just an interesting observation. This is also a very important scene for the whole series. Absolutely. And yes, that's going to be the title of this episode. Go oh, ahead. really? Oh, true. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> Harry learns the spell <laughs> that he's going to use for the entire book. There you go. Pretty much. Do not give too much away. Yeah, for everything. And it's Expelliarmus. Yes. And it's one of, yeah, turns out to be a very important spell. Very powerful spell. Yeah. There's a deleted scene here where Justin Finch Fletchley is telling Harry that he is a Muggleborn. And that he's a Muggleborn. And they do it very naturally. It's right after, you know, our greatest ever Professor Lockhart throws his robe so that the audience will catch it and awe oh, to death. Um, he says, oh, this Lockhart guy is uh, very brave or whatever. We're so glad to have him here. By the way, you know, I am Justin. And I'm a Muggleborn, and you're famous, Harry, even, even among yeah. us Muggleborns. I'm okay that they deleted that scene because we, what we need to, to learn from this scene is that this guy is a Muggleborn. Yeah. And what's about to happen to him later is because he's a Muggleborn. Also, like people, I, I think like people make the connection and like make Harry seem like the bad guy because he was he told. tells yes. yeah he tells Harry that he's a muggle born yeah and then it seems like Harry is talking parcel tongue and like telling the snake to mm -hmm. go and attack him but yeah it's it's cool now the duel I like um they make Draco look so bad like as if like he went before three was he said did. he did go before Lockhart coming to three and that is not fair like that's that's still it shows no, like, no ethics I wish they had just maybe shown that hey Draco is a better dueler maybe than Harry but Harry becomes a better dueler later on but in the movie like, they did not make Draco a better dueler and that's yeah he knows more spells and has more practice the fact that he's started before the count of three yeah that just i think this qualifies right yeah, yeah i i agree they don't do it but we see one of the best duelers ever snape snape absolutely the assistant the assistant you know <laughs> but yes there is a time when the student becomes better than the teacher yeah and snape became better than lockhart than the teacher <laughs> than his teacher lockhart yeah. and uh, here's the thing with snape 
there's so many things in this scene happening with Snape. First, he teaches Harry Wright and everybody the very important, a very important spell. Then he he gives differential treatment to Draco. Clearly, he chooses Draco yeah, to yeah. do all Harry. But, and then when he can, you can see that he's assisting Draco and getting him up. And, but Lockhart gives preferential treatment to Harry. Yeah, and by, everyone, making, by making him help him sign the no 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 that, no that wasn't treatment that was punishment i know but that's either either way that like harry gets preferential treatment at hogwarts all the time come on he got a nimbus 2000 either way moving on i'd like you and everybody else to pay attention to the part where snape tries to save harry hint hint just like in the first movie where snape was trying yeah. to save harry from now we know Vipera, now Ivanaska. he's saving Harry from the snake because it's just more than what yeah. he expects Harry to do to defend himself. Anything else about this wonderful scene? I it's probably one of my favorite scenes. I, I really love this. It's cool, it's magic, it's dueling. And you notice that it's taking place in the Great Hall. I yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, that concludes the first portion of our movie analysis. All right, quiz segment time. for Today. Quiz me. Ready for quiz? I am. We know. We know today what the first question is going to be. What are the full names of the four Hogwarts founders? Godric Gryffindor. Correct. Salazar Slytherin. Correct. Helga Hufflepuff. Correct. And Ravina Ravenclaw. I think it's Rowena. Rowena, right? yeah. Rowena, yes, Rowena. you got it yeah. right. Congratulations. Thank you. How long did Hermione say it will take for the Polyjuice Potion to be ready from One the moment when they found the book? In the One library? month. Correct. Do you know why? Because she is either ordering some ingredients that take a while to come or she needs to wait for some ingredients to grow. One of the two. I don't recall exactly which one or what. Some of the ingredients need to be picked uh, right after the full moon or it needs like a full moon for the juice to there be ready. Go. There you go. That's why it takes a month. And what is the score before Harry catches the golden snitch? 30 to 90. Correct. And last question. You already answered that, but I did too. What was the name of the medicine that Madame Pomfrey gives Scalagro. Harry to grow his... And it looked like a skeleton. Skeleton. Yes. But, yeah, and grow is just spelled G-R-O. Yeah. And, you know, skele is just S-K-E-L-E. So Skelegro. Well, that was a fast quiz segment. Ready? Boom. <laughs> I win, right? Shoot, you you win every time. <laughs> no, this time I won. Come on. I had a question that you didn't know. Congratulations. Okay, thank you. And ready for the favorite spell in the movie segment? Of course. And in the movie so far. Expelliarmus. Now, this episode, unlike any episode so far, has had a total of guess how many spells okay let's see um brachium emendo which is the uh, used to remove bones um then do we count dobby okay we don't count no. dobby then we have the spell uh that expelliarmus obviously the um, disarming charm then Three spells that Harry and Draco do to each other. Which are? 
So those are five. Uh, Which are? Rectum Sempra. Rectum Sempra, the charm that causes the yeah. target to buckle with laughter, weakening them. Uh, I don't know the other two. The Serpent Sortia. The, uh, it's uh, Serpent Sortia, yes. The snake summoning spell, yep. Uh, I don't know the other one that Draco does. Evertestatum. Okay. It causes the opponent to fly back several feet and causes a short but sharp pain. Okay. Um, so that's five. I have only four. Four so far? You said only four so far. Uh, no, I said five. Uh, the bone disappearing, Expelliarmus, and those three spells. Five. The so bone disappearing, Expelliarmus, which Snape does to Lockhart. And then the three spells that Avertus Adam and Rick Sembra. And Serpent yeah, that's five. Uh and then we have Ascendere, I think. Alarte Ascendere. Yeah, this is Latin too. It stands for the it's an incantation of a charm used to laugh to launch an object Ascend and Larte it might be high. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. So yeah, ascend high, and then you have Vipera. Ivanaska. Yep, the so snake vanishing spell. Seven that I have. They have two more. Two more. What are the other two? Veraberto. Used to transform animals into oh, water true. goblets. And Finite Incantatum. Oh, true. Used in duels ah. to counter or reverse minor damage, such as the effects of a minor, jinx, hex, or curse. Used by Hermione too. Yeah, Finite, Finish. Incantatum, the incantation. The incantation, the jinx. Yeah. yeah, pretty simple if you think about it. Yeah. You just have to learn Latin and then you what are about happy with it. I did Google that. Okay. Um, the first part of it, Vera, V-E-R-E, did not yield any results. But Verte or Verto, Verto um, stands for swap, oh, exchange. So it's exchanging or it's exchanging an animal for i don't know goblet but vera might mean goblet i don't know oh, yeah. maybe maybe yeah. i don't know or vera actually means must mean could, true true a true exchange um and maybe it could it, mean it's a fact wine can, what is wine in latin i don't know i'll look it up but it i think it it is not just that i think the fact that you have to you know move the one three times that also has to do with it like if you move it twice and you say vera verto maybe you don't turn it into a goblet into a water goblin maybe you turn it into a water bottle <laughs> so i think it's a combination of the movement of the wand with the um, incantation that makes it the way it is it's venom okay so it starts no. with a v but don't yeah. mind. uh among all these spells nine spells which one is your favorite because mine is you know we, i kind of said it it's yeah spell maybe now that i'm thinking about it like vera verto like if it's uh, because i think it's used to switch more than just something into a wine like you kind of think about it you know you imagine it in your head and you channel it through the wand right so i'd like to like transfigure things like you need something so your favorite spell is very very not expel your and it is i would say it is my favorite spell so far even better than eat slugs yeah yeah my favorite spell of the whole series so far <laughs> we'll get to that but in the movie so far your favorite spell yeah, is yeah, Veraberto, and mine is Expelliarmus replacing its slugs. Okay, we have two winners for so far for the spells. Should we move into our last segment? The bi-weekly profit. 
have two things to say. Every episode, we try to celebrate character birthdays that occur between the two release dates of our podcast episodes. And guess what? Today, we celebrate the heavenly birthday of James Potter, born on March 27th, 1960. He would have been uh, 62 years old today if it weren't for Lord Voldemort getting on the way. Happy birthday, James Potter, wherever you are in King's Cross or God knows where. And the next thing I will say is that the release date for the new Wizarding World video game Hogwarts Legacy is pushed back to the holiday season of 2022. That's what they announced anyway. Uh, that probably means, I don't know exactly when, they don't have a date, but later in November or December this year, 2022, for those of you who are looking for a new Harry Potter video game to play. And I say Harry Potter, I use that very loosely. Yeah, it's a Wizarding, Wizarding World game. Yep. I don't think Harry Potter will do that. Thank you for sharing. You are welcome. Sharing is caring. It is. And you should learn that as a brother <laughs> to share I... with your brother. <laughs> Having said that, is there anything else you'd like to say? Otherwise, you'll have to hold it until next episode, which is in two weeks. That's a long time. Hold <laughs> it. <laughs> well, until next time, please remember to solemnly swear to be up to no good. Goodbye. Bye-bye.